0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Top ten takeaways from day
1: number two from the NFL
0: Combine.
1: It's really day three. It's kind of day three. We well, got it on. We got it on Monday.
0: We've been here. We've been here three days, but two days of content. Two days, two, days of action. Two days of action. Two days of uh, interviews from fucking eight a.m. To five, six PM tonight it got done right, right before five o'clock. Did you da- tweet
1: out this link? This, I need to retweet it. Dan this.
0: Campbell needed to take his uh his merry time. I did not I did not tweet out the link. Uh here it is. Why is he over? That's, that's a that's the Twitter link. Whatever. We're cool. live on the Twitters at Carpenter NFL. Follow Alex over here, Alex Dunlap joining again. Master the maestro of roster watch, the top ten takeaways or uh, 10 thoughts. The 10 thoughts are up right now on Rosterwatch. Go check those out over at Rosterwatch on the Twitters. You can Find me on Twitter at Carpenter NFL as well. Like I said, yesterday and today, you got to stay tapped in all week because we're shooting 20, 30 tweets out a day uh, from talking to these prospects and talking to these coaches and these GMs. So tonight we're going to unload the notebook. I know you just got done listening to Play Our Profile today with Jack. And then shortly after us, the mock draft live will be with Maddie and Theo at about 7, 7.05-ish whenever they start up that. And the roundtable starts at 8. So we're going to go for about a half an hour, rip through some notebook uh, conversations and, uh, hey, can, ADPs can, can we, and-
1: can we, before we get to the ADPs and notebook conversations, and stuff like that. So we, earlier we got the opportunity to address the front seven defenders in this class. Right. And it was weird, right. It was a weird day at the combine. This is my 12th year here. There's never been a situation like this was today. What happened at about nine forty five AM Eastern time, whenever the Jalen Carter news broke, um, Everything got all thrown off with this, and the and the NFL didn't know what to do about sending prospects out, sending you know, um all the rest of it. So you know, different players' podiums got thrown off. Everything got everything got weird there for a minute because it's it doesn't happen every it doesn't happen every day that the number one prospect in the whole draft really a guy that's been talked about as number one. Is set to have his media availability 50 minutes after word has come out that there's an active warrant out for his arrest in a just kind of weird kind of weird situation. Um, like, what do you what do you think about like I, I haven't talked to you about that today. It's we've been so busy running around. Like, yeah. like I don't want to look the the legal process will happen. Whatever, like that stuff will take care of itself. We're not legal scholars. We're not here to talk about this. Like, we're like I don't want this to, be... but like I haven't talked to you about it. I'm yeah. just I'm just wondering. Like, did you think that was wild? That was a whole weird thing. It was. I
0: mean, we stood there. We were waiting for a couple, of the, the Texas guys for you, and we were looking at the schedule, yeah. and it was like, well, everything starts at ten o'clock. We had a little bit of a lull in there between. Positions and 10 o'clock was to come around. Jalen Carson was to take stage at 1020, and he just never came, never came. I think the first group made it out at 1021. So it was about 20-minute laps, like you said. Uh, my thoughts on it, I mean, people still seemed to think he was going to come out. I thought it was pretty apparent to me. He's not coming out. Um, as far as he goes, as far as the whole situation goes, he put out a statement, said that his plan is to go back to Athens, clear his name. He said he he thinks he'll be cleared of any wrongdoing. So that is what it is. When that That's comes around, is. that is what it is. Yep. I'm not gonna worry about that right now. But there was multiple prospects and multiple coaches asked about him and about if they conversated with him and it all also, that stuff. And it yeah. also
1: messed up a bunch of the scheduling with a bunch of these guys. Every some of these, some of these guys. Some of these guys didn't get to have their media interviews today because the NFL pushed it all had, back. Pushed it back. They had to scramble. And some of the guys that were supposed to go in that 10 a.m. block to the 10 a.m. to 1020 did not get to go yeah. because they were trying to figure it out and they just had no time to get them back. So yeah. just an interest an interesting warning. I just I wanted to just ask you before we get into any of these, you know, fantasy guys and all the rest of it. Um anything you took away from just just from an overarching standpoint from the defenders um, as far as these guys, I know that the one thing that I wanted to see was how and maybe just a quick, quick quickly, we could just talk about Tyree Wilson from from Texas Tech. Yeah, you started and what about him? Well I just wanted to go and see it's like people are talking about Tyree Wilson as a top five pick in this draft. And I look at a guy from Texas Tech that goes against Big 12 offensive linemen um, that had, what do you have, Nines, Was it nine? Seven? seven
0: and seven the
1: last two years. He's had seven sacks and seven sacks the last two years against Big 12 offensive linemen. I understand his arms are long, and he goes around to all these different um, NFL studio things and shows off how big his arms are and – all the rest of it. And you know what, he could be good. It could be a whole, you know, the, the projection on him could be good. Um, uh, to me, it, it's, you, to, to, to me, it seems like it's kind of a, getting a little bit crazy to be talking about a surefire top 10 pick on a big 12 defensive end that hasn't had much production at all, just because of how long his arms are and because of his wingspan. Um, Especially when I've seen him go against like a freshman like Kelvin Banks, at Texas. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's the one guy. I mean, I probably wouldn't hold against him, but right. But so maybe if if you could talk, can 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 you like to give us your scouting report on Tyree? Tyree, because you dude, you do these mocks the whole time. You and I, I know when we go to the draft, we have the Player Profiler Draft House that Matt Kelly's booked, where we're all going to be there once again this year. Hopefully it'll be as cool as it was in Las Vegas last year with the you know the whole crew. I'll be there. A bunch of people will Um, show up, and we're gonna be just dying over getting our mock drafts correct for the for the huddle report. Just with Tyree Wilson, are we that sure that he's like
0: based on conversation outside? So like like we talked about before, um, I don't have Tyree Wilson as a guy that is in the same ilk of Will Anderson, Miles Murphy. Uh, I have Felix up there, King Felix from Kansas State, like you mentioned before. The thing with Tyree Wilson is length. The thing with Tyree Wilson is size. Like Trayvon Walker last year, Trayvon Walker had the long arms, but he also had the freaky athleticism. We're not going to see that from Tyree because it doesn't sound like he's going to run or do anything like that because he's coming off injury. Like you said, seven sacks he's used the last two years. The big thing is – the 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 perceived athleticism and the length and play at that position where yeah he could play outside but I think he can you know I think he can transition a little bit to the inside and play like the five and the four eye pretty well uh, the power power and speed does not transition I don't think as well to the inside though like I mentioned to you I think when he does get those advantages to take advantage of guards I think he does do it but like you said you're supposed to be able to take advantage of those guards but he, at least he's doing his job in that in that sense but seven sacks and seven sacks is not what you should be talking about for a guy that's going – like literally everybody's putting him third or fifth overall right now. And and that's like – that seems outrageous to me because I think – and I, I'm of the, the belief that tomorrow we're going to see Miles Murphy run and I think Miles My, Murphy's going to be the guy that – fuck Tyree Wilson. It's going to be not literally, but like I think Miles Murphy is going to be the conversation of, okay, Miles Murphy is the guy you see Jalen Carter now with his off the field stuff. And you see Tyree Wilson. Now it's just like, I think Miles Murphy is going to be the guy that should and will jump up into that conversation where, yeah, I mean, he was a four four or five star prospect coming out of high school and he belongs in that conversation.
1: I just, I I, I haven't heard many people just, I, I just haven't heard many people look at what the establishment draft media is talking about. With Tyree Wilson, and just begin to ask the, why, you know, the, exactly why, and it just look. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I'm not saying he's not going to be great. I will say he didn't ever seem like he was a problem whenever Texas was game planning for these guys. Uh, I, and I will say also that I just I get Deion Jordan vibes. I get Dion Jordan vibes. I mean, he's not even
0: that athletic. He's not Dion Jordan athletic. He's 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 just not right? like,
1: yeah.
0: he's not him. Like Deion Jordan at least had double digit sacks.
1: And, dude, and Deion Jordan is, was a fucking Deion dude. Jordan. Like you go to this combine, you look at Deion Jordan, you're oh, so, you're like oh oh my god. Um, some of the other defensive guys that we saw today. It, any of them that you want to like at least just mention? I, I know we're probably losing viewers by talking about this. The... I mean, we got to
0: talk about these defensive guys. This is the way it is. I, I mean, I love the NFL draft. You love the NFL draft. This is the combine. We're here to talk about all these prospects. And if you don't give a damn, I don't give a damn about you. So stay in the comments, stay in the, <laughs> in the chat, leave the comments, stay what yep. it is on the YouTubes and on the comments. Lucas Van Ness was one, he was one of the first guys I, I talked to this morning uh i I got a couple quotes a couple fun quotes from a couple of these guys
1: and i'll just run through a few of them lucas van ness for example uh he will whenever we talk about these prospects though let's let's say they're they're college too because some people might not know okay uh
0: lucas van ness tall white guy from iowa um i will say over the last two years i did lead my high school hockey league in penalties just due to my sheer size that was a quote I took from Lucas Van Ness. Um, he's a guy that, like that. There was a question later on asked to Brad Holmes. Would you ever draft a player in the first round that never started a game in college? Yo, know, hey, Brad Holmes was like, "Whoa." Good, it was a good question. It's a good question. I don't, but he didn't know who you were talking about. He took him a second to court. I mean, I think, it, I think it took everybody to a second, and then and then I remember that Van Ness was the guy. Van Ness from Iowa is that guy. And is it
1: just because, like, I don't know. It's all. Like, it's all is it because it, it, he's like sub package, right? He's
0: Third year sophomore. The snaps right. are there. It's just a, yep. the. it's a year. It's a use. It's a year thing. It's yep. it's all fucking like he said exactly what Holmes said. He goes, it doesn't matter if you're not starting. It what matters is the snap count, right? Right. So, I mean, it goes back to the running back conversation. Mike Morris, the other guy uh, from Michigan, I don't think he's getting as much conversation as he should be. You saw Uche, you saw Ujabo, Aiden Hutchinson, all these guys come out of Michigan. Mike Morris, massive, 6'5", 290. If you mm. listen to my edge preview the other day, 6'5", 290, um, asked him you kind know, of who he watches right now in the NFL. A lot of these guys in, this, in, the, in the edge class today said Vaughn Miller. But you, yeah. it, it wouldn't well, expect that coming from the age where he's getting older. A lot of guys said Von Miller.
1: A lot but, of guys said but, Bosa. But a, a, a lot of these guys say Von Miller. I didn't expect it from a guy like because isn't Mike Mo- Yes, Mike Morris. When I saw, he's not small. He's not, no, he's 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 he, the one with the he was the one with the dreads. Gold, yeah, like, like six, he, six, 295. Yeah. So like, whenever Even people say that, Reddit, whenever people say that they, it, it's almost like saying. I'm a small guy that can rush off the edge and be really good because I'm really fast and really good whenever you say I'm I model my game after Vaughn Miller. It's like saying, like, that's the pinnacle of what I can possibly be. And so that's what I'm going to compare myself to. To hear a guy like him say that he models his game after that, that's that's interesting to me. So
0: he so he didn't say Vaughn. I should say that. I should have prefaced that. I just was mainly saying most of the edge rushers did say him.
1: Who Mike Morris said? Oh, was, so Mike Morris didn't say. He ball. didn't actually say. Ball. I was just, <laughs> because I was like, I'm gonna it, say this I was is mean like to my, my
0: thing. But the, he said the Bosa brothers. He actually said Hassan Redick, who's the one that's really undersized, 6'1", 240. Yep, not even close. And then he said uh, Miles Garrett. He's a big body like me. Yeah. Um, that's much more where I expect him. Mike Morris is gonna be a middling round guy, but I think he's gonna be a guy that definitely latches on. Um, I awarded the Nolan Smith from Georgia the 8 a.m. Energy Award winner because he was the guy on the stage at
1: 8:20 this morning,
0: most energy. He was up there for fucking 40 minutes.
1: And he's a guy that you just want in your I mean, this guy you know, I've had, I've done the work on the defensive guys that Cody has. So I'll I'll leave it to him, but as far as just, you know, <laughs> just, just like you go you go and you get this guy at the podium, dude, he can command a crowd. He can he can um he can the he, biggest. he can galvanize people He is a definite leader of men. That you, that, and I think you've seen these tweets. I think that PFF had a tweet that said, "Like, dude, this guy has already won the combine from just his personality alone." It's that it's like that. That's what the combine is, man. You, a lot of this stuff is knowing who these players are, getting to know who they are, the types of dudes, who they, you know, um, the the the, the ways that they can fit into fit into your organization. These football teams, as much as we you know, look up to them and, and, um, and, you know, canonize these these players and stuff like they're, they're employees within an organization and you have an employee like that. You have somebody like that who can come in and, and from the very minute, I mean, that's a guy who's a college player. Who's never faced the national media. Who's never done anything. He's never had a media scrum that big in his whole entire life. And you see him holding court. Big, big group, big group of for 40 fucking minutes. Yeah. When, so I'm going to, I'm going to forward track and
0: backtrack again like I did with Brad Holmes. Now go to Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell mentioned that he has sat in 31 to 35 interviews, he said. And he said he put check boxes next to four guys. And the positions that you think about when you think about the Lions, edge, corner, and quarterback, Nolan Smith feels like a guy that he might have put a check box.
1: Next oh, to gosh. Me. Oh, oh, my God. He's a bite your kneecaps guy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah. I'm let's let's sure. stay with
0: Edge here. I put a tweet. Miles Murphy, like I said, I think he, he he's gonna blow up the combine tomorrow. I think you're gonna see high four fours, low four fives when it comes down to that. I think he should be drafted head Tyree Wilson. Uh I don't think that should be a conversation. Um let's move on to DeMarvian, DeMarvian Overshone, the guy from Texas, your boy. Uh, My one comment was that he said Max Dugan talked the most trash out of anyone he's played against at his time as Texas. Do you have any takes on Overshown from today?
1: Uh, I'd say my one take is, you know, obviously our viewers here, our audience here is probably fantasy-oriented, maybe player props-oriented. I know that on prize picks, DeMar Vion Overshown's uh, more or less on prize picks for his 40-time last night, we were there with – with uh dalton, dalton and with john daigle daigle and yep. these guys uh chris allen man all, all a bunch of awesome dudes um we were looking at the prize picks 40 times over at punch bowl social and i think that demar vion Overshown, was at a five a five three four, four five, three. five
0: three yeah
1: so uh i i i did ask you know i i did ask him about the 40 time he said you know he's he's been gunning for, and he's hoping for sub four or five. So I think there could still be a little bit of value still left there. Um, other than that, I mean, if you want to ask me about DeMarvion, I can, t- I, I don't feel like we, there's another show coming up here on this channel. This could, like I could talk, about DeMarvion for the rest of the show. Like, I'll just say this. Safety spun down to linebacker during his last two years playing linebacker. He got better and better. He came back for the fifth year. When he came back for the fifth year, that's when we really, really saw him pack on a little bit of weight, saw him become a real leader on the defense, sideline to sideline specialist. Um, talking to people in the know here in Indy today, people close and people who are, who are actually employed by NFL teams, they're talking about DeMarvion as a day-two pick. Um, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of what I think, and it, it has a lot to do with his ability to uh, cover linebackers, his ability to play as a dime linebacker, as a nickel linebacker, but a guy you don't have to take off the field in heavy packages. That's something that he really, really prides himself on. He's like, man, you don't, like, if I'm out there, you don't have to sub. You don't you don't have to you don't have to give the other team the advantage of um, bringing in their guys to match your personnel because of what I can do with my versatility.
0: We'll stay at the at the linebacker position. Cam Jones uh, from Indiana was another one that uh, he played some safety, played some hybrid, played some linebacker at Indiana. Coming out of high school as well, um, he he kind of compared himself to a Troy Polamalu. I kind of like that throwback comp. I know it's a legend, but it's a throwback comp and it makes you think about some of these guys. He's got the he's got a little. Little, little, little good. He's going to be higher on the dog rating when, yep. when Cam Jones comes out. Trenton Simpson, more talked about linebacker. Uh, he actually grew up in Charlotte. And when he was asked about teams that he talked to and, and his connection with Carolina specifically, he actually mentioned in, uh, he had been in contact with the Carolina Panthers brass. Since high school, and he went to Mallard Creek High in Charlotte. So I just thought that was a very interesting note. That yes, he I mean, he's looking at being a first round pick, um, and I know Carolina's got some other spots to fill. But Trenton Simpson went to Clemson, has had conversations with Charlotte with the Carolina Panthers since high school thought that was a pretty uh, unique note. And then let's talk about Jack Campbell here for a minute. Um, he said, I love having that green dot on my helmet. Uh, when I make a mistake, I want to be the first one that raises my hand. And then I want to be the one that gets chewing tobacco spat in my eye from oh, coaches gosh. at Iowa.
1: And, and and it wasn't just that, like I, it was one of these deals where it's like, I'm just, like I said, I'm not, I'm Him. not really here to, I'm not here to as much. I'm here to, I do the mock drafts and stuff. And, um, I, I, clearly, I'm. A, I'm just. I'm a huge NFL the- fan and stuff. Like, but I. I own a fantasy football website. Yeah. I'm here for the running backs. I'm here for the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, the tight ends. But I'm just such an NFL fan. Like, I want to see all these guys, and uh, you know, like, I want to know who these guys are. I want to do my mock drafts for the Huddle award. Yeah. and I, like, I. I want to continue doing well in those, and so as I'm walking by, I'm just hearing these dudes talk, you walk by him, and you can't help stop at his little at his little scrum. The way the way that he talks, and the way that somebody will ask him, you know, how do you see this? How do you see this? And he'll point at me and he'll say, "Well, you don't, you don't know how playing linebacker works, because do you know what it starts with? Is the defensive line? Because without the defensive line and and without those big boys, we are nothing. Just like the quarterback, without the the offensive line, they're nothing. Without all this, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like, like holy shit, this guy." I'm like, all right. Let me sit here and listen to this dude for a minute. I, uh, he's just like, he, um, totally just uh, one of the one of the more cool combine yeah. interviews that I've seen yeah. out of really anybody. Man, out of the out of the uh, Iowa linebacker.
0: I kind of made my trek. I tried to hit every player. Obviously, it's almost impossible to hit every player, uh, but that's kind of part of the dog rating thing. Is I want to get a feel for everybody, and I was starting on this one end and I get a text from Alex as I get through about the third guy and he goes, You gotta get down here and see this Jack Campbell guy. And like I knew who Jack was. <laughs> yes, He's a big ass linebacker from Iowa, had yes. my expectations, had what I've seen. But you said that I skipped like three dudes that went right to him. I was like, I gotta come down here. And he like you said, he talked about all that stuff, talking about the, the tobacco, talking about the big thing I thought was that he was like he made it a point to be like how intensive film study and how important it is to being a linebacker and how Mm -hmm. important it was to have that green dot and all these other things uh, from the linebacker position. But a lot of linebackers there today. Um, I thought he was one of the big ones that took the cake, uh, especially. The other name I didn't mention was Deion Henley. Just want to put that name out there from Washington State. He had a fantastic senior bowl, had another good day today as well. Um, Yeah, I think as far as the rest of the group goes, the defensive line, defensive tackles came out. Uh, that was when Carter started to come out or didn't come out, I should say. That's when
1: things got messed up, man. And
0: that's really when all the, the, the stuff yep. got messed up. And then uh, Kalijah Kansi. Kal- I want to hit Kalijah Kansi quick and then maybe mention Coburn a little bit. But Kalijah Kansi is a six-foot guy. Hopefully he comes in at six foot. That's a big thing. He said he played at 275. He weighs 280 right now. And it's weird because from a Pittsburgh guy, you expected Donald to come out of his mouth first. I said who do you watch, who you can take after. He said Javon Hargrave. He thinks leverage and leverage and uh and uh, and, uh explosivity is kind of what enhances his game a little bit. He said you can't half ass any play, being an undersized defensive tackle. I thought that was very important for him to mention. Uh Kansi's a guy that I think he's gonna be a first round lock as well. Uh do you have any positive thoughts on Keandre Colburn? I know he's a Texas guy. I know, I know we don't get a ton of time, but uh, I thought it was very interesting some of the some of the things he mentioned, especially about the next couple of classes coming down.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think with Colburn, Keandre Colburn from Texas, um, it, uh, he, he's a he's a good player, and he's 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 I think he's going to get he'll get he'll get drafted. Uh, he had struggles with weight during college. Man, he fl- he fluctuated a whole lot. Again, another guy I could talk about for ages. It doesn't matter. I think the most important things he talked about were just like looking into the next year um, and looking at the years forward. I think that probably the most important thing he said was the Texas left tackle, Kelvin Banks, who he goes against in practice all the time. He said that guy's gonna be the number one pick uh, uh, two years from now. So after Kelvin Banks' his junior year, the grading that I've done on, on the offensive line for the last twelve years at Texas certainly goes to show that he's probably on. I'm not saying he's on the on the um, on the way to being the number one pick, but certainly on the way to being a first-round pick. So uh, something to keep in mind there as far as what Keondra Coburn said. Let's talk look, look, let's start let's about some the, GMs.
0: We got about 10 minutes left. Yep. Let's talk about some GMs and some coaches.
1: Okay, so – Eric I,
0: DaCosta was the start. Eric DaCosta was the first GM to walk out the door.
1: So, so first thing, I mean, do, do we want to play this audio or just explain what the audio is? Well, because – we have DeCosta here. Let me just I'll, – I'll just go to DeCosta here. It's 30 seconds. I asked him about J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins this year kind of hit the ground running after getting a year to get his feet back underneath him. Yeah, J.K. finished strong. Um, really, really impressed with his passion, his work ethic, the way that he battled back from a very, very serious knee injury. It was very impressive to me to see how, you know, he really kind of matured over the course of the season. He came back from that second procedure surgery that he had and he starts to really look like the old J.K., which is extremely exciting for the organization, and we fully expect J.K. to have a great year this year. Extreme, extremely exciting for the organization. Extremely exciting for fantasy. Like, like, extremely exciting. If, you, like, I, t- I tweeted this at Roster Watch on our Twitter. It's like extremely exciting if you're playing in best ball. J.K. Dobbin's right now. I'm just I'm scrolling down. I'm like, okay. J.K. Dobbins is going at seventy point two. He's so what? Set, um, after game, after he's, Pierce. he's 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 going at the sixth, seventh round turn. He's going around the same time as like Isaiah Pacheco and Cam Akers and Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce. I love Damian Pierce. No, so, I know we love but, Damian Pierce, but like but Damian I'm, Pierce, but 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 Damian Pierce is is not the prospect that J.K. Dobbins was coming. We talked about J.K. Dobbins like he was like going to be the next Larry Johnson. I mean, J.K. Dobbins, another guy who I we don't have time for me to you know to talk talk about coming coming just from just, just 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 east of Austin and and you know getting sniped up to, up to Ohio State and nobody could believe it, but. Um, to be able to get Dobbins right now in these early drafts, there's, there are so many. Okay. There's so many, there's so much mispricing in these early, in these early best ball drafts. Here's the
0: question. Yesterday we had the conversation between Brees and Javante. That was the wrong conversation to have because of the the discrepancies in ADP. Here's a question for you, Alex, Javante Williams coming off an ACL or JK Dobbins after today.
1: Dude, I, there's no question that I would have J.K. J.K. Dobbins next year over Javante. Javante J- J- Javante is going to have his J.K. Dobbins 2022 in 2023. J.K. Dobbins is about to have his breakout season. J.K. Dobbins is about to have his. Like, did you hear how, how like, his, his next just, year, his following there, year? They're unbelievably excited. Like this is this is this is, is, this this is, is big time. This is big time stuff for this is guys. the
0: Saquon arc, right? He had that big. Missed a year. Then the next year he got a little banged up, but he played a little bit. That's what Dobbins did last year. And now, now it's time for Dobbins to have what Saquon did last year. So go, go, uh, put some tickets in on J.K. Dobbins' as comeback player of the year. Let's move on to Scott Fitterer with the Carolina Panthers. Asked him about Deontay Foreman. Uh, I said, uh, what's the expectation for the running back room in Carolina this year? Chuba's under contract, Raheem Blackshear, uh, and Deonta's a free agent. He said, I told him that he's a priority guy and we'd like to get a deal done with him, uh, talking about Deonta Foreman. So that's very interesting, being that's a new coaching staff coming in there and and, and Fitter liked where Deonta and Chuba were in this backfield.
1: Yeah, and it's like we uh, talked about earlier, with the undrafted free agent, or with the, I'm I'm not I'm I'm sorry with the with the 2023 free agent running back class. Yep, Jamal Williams and Deontay Foreman take him off the board yep. at this point. Yep, Jamal Williams is going to go back to the Lions. Deontay Foreman is going to go back to the Panthers. Uh, boring unforeseen circumstances, just based on public statements made by representatives of these organizations, like they're they're saying both of them have said it's a priority to bring him back. We we have positive direction towards bringing it back. Yeah, you know, like it's uh, they can't say we're bringing them back. Yeah, they can't say it yet, but it it makes a lot of sense. Fitter told you, he said basically he kind of wink wink nod nod. Yeah, he was our you know we He's, told him we the an interview. Yeah. It's it's like you're we, you're, we, we want you back. That makes sense. You yeah,
0: so you looked good last year and then so, right, into, right into Brad Holmes who said there's yep. mutual interest. Uh, shout out to Dove climbing for Steel on that one. Uh the mutual interest. <laughs> we were working to get a deal done with Jamal Williams and that was uh straight from Brad straight from Brad's mouth. Uh so it sounds like uh and then you got a you
1: got a little you got a clip on on Swift? Um yeah I mean I have I have Dan Campbell talking about DeAndre Swift. I just like here can you tell us just a little bit about your 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 philosophy about the best way to deploy DeAndre Swift? Is he a guy you think you always going to kind of have to manage the touches and, and the reps with him? No, we can did some, you know, we tried to do that last year. We tried to take care of him in camp.
0: Uh, I know this, he, he is a very talented player and, uh, you know, um, he's a very talented player and he's one of those guys that can take it to the house anywhere on the field. And, uh, and he works, uh, he wants to get it. He works hard in the classroom and, you know, we thought we had uh, a recipe going into the year and it didn't work out. He got a little bit banged up. And then by the end of the year, we uh, he started to feel better and started, to, his production went up. So listen, we are we to start all over from scratch again, man. Let's find another way to see if we can help him, uh, stay on the field, you know, and I already know he's doing that for himself. So we've got to do that on our end. What can we do better, uh, by him? Is it, can we, um, because he's, he's just – he's too talented. You know, he's too talented to not have out there. He's an explosive athlete. He catches a lot of Camara mccaffrey conversations, right, coming out Jeez. what his expectation yeah. is. And what I immediately thought of exactly when he spit those words out was John Lynch yesterday talking about the understanding – of Christian McCaffrey, and you went through those couple years where McCaffrey struggled and struggled and struggled, but they found the recipe, and then it got there. And I think that there's still – and I've always been – I've never owned a singular share of DeAndre Swift in Dynasty or in fantasy in any realm uh, because of the injury thing, of the feeling of of Christian McCaffrey. And I think that there's still a world after hearing what Lynch said yesterday and what Campbell said today, I think that they can find a middling – and, and and Williams comes back, I think there's still an area where Swift can still have a career renaissance and, and be that guy. They just need to find that that spot. That spot where he's a high performance athlete, they need to find that spot. So hopefully, hopefully Dan Campbell can hear that that video or the the interview or the thoughts from John Lynch from yesterday about McCaffrey.
1: But what but, I mean, as as long as we're talking about lions, what about Jamison Williams? What about what, what, what about the? I mean, is, is, is that the highlight of the day? Is, 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 that, is that what we go out on? I mean, because because what about Brad Holmes when, whenever he's talking about Jamison Williams, almost like a, another first round pick this year with Jamison Williams coming on board fully this year. And what are you expecting of him in 2023? Yeah, um, obviously, we're expecting big things. Um, you know, I guess that's a good way to put it. You know, it's kind of like a brand new first round pick. Um, You know, the goal, when we originally drafted him, you know, we didn't know really how much we were going to get out of him, but it was good to have him get some kind of game experience to kind of feel the speed of the game. But um, yeah, we're just going to continue to do everything that we need to do to make sure that he's set up to succeed. Uh, Jamison also has to hold his part and make sure that he's doing everything that he needs to do. So it's always a, uh, it's always accountability factor on both sides, but we expect big things from him. Uh, um, you know he's got rare talent, rare ability. Um, he's got a, a serious passion for the game, and um, yeah, we just gotta we expect big things from him. But um, obviously, we got to do both our parts of history
0: Alex, what is the what's the ADP over there in that Jamison?
1: I mean, it's here. just here's the, here, here's the thing. Everybody's got to do their part. He was he was he, but but he was their first round pick, and I'll just say this on a right there on a on a. What on a on a on a balanced like a, on a what a eleven route per game diet that he played whenever he came back in? All he's doing is scoring long, big touchdowns. They're saying he's got to do his part. His ADP right now on Underdog is at sixty point nine. So with the five six turn, when you're talking about a guy who a lot of NFL draft analysts thought was the number one wide receiver. In all of the land last year coming out of the draft uh, on an offense that plays in a dome on a fast track that on a bigger sample with more routes on a yards per route run monster of a guy who they love. And of course it's the lions. And of course it's Brad Holmes. Of course it's Dan Campbell. who we're going to say, of course, he's got to hold up his end of the bargain. He's got to do this stuff. It's a, it's a culture of accountability, but I'll tell you what, man, the lions, are turning into a culture of fun on the football field, offensively. And Jamison Williams is going to be a guy, dude. Jamison Williams is going to be like they say that there's like not there's not thirty two wide receiver ones in, in the NFL, right? Not not just because you're a wide receiver one on your yeah. team makes you a wide receiver yeah. one. Jamison Williams is the kind of player who is capable of ascending to being a true wide receiver one and what is it what is a better environment and there's the thing is is like we
0: talked to a couple guys today and they said there's they don't think there's any wide receiver ones in this class and when you get a guy like jamison williams kind of has that extra draft pick i mean look at the guys he's going around he, he the speed that he has is a different ma- difference maker like we talked a couple guys today about jalen hyatt jamison williams speed is difference maker look at the guys he's going around i think that range around Keenan Allen and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who both are going to run 4-6 plus, uh, sure plus. I'm not sure
1: Jigba will run 4-6 plus. I'm not sure Jigba's going to run. I'm not what's sure. He, I mean, I don't <laughs> know. I
0: mean, is he going to run? <laughs> is he going to run? I mean, I don't is know. Is he going to run? I we'll find
1: know. out, man. Hey, I We'll don't...
0: find out. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen, man. Be, man. Cheer, man. <laughs>
1: Cheers, man. Cheers. Like, holy shit, this guy. I'm like, all right, let me sit here and listen to this dude for a minute.